You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,144. Vision and Values, Illuminar Consulting Partners, partners with small and mid-sized organizations and their leaders to help them grow and design technology governance and cybersecurity frameworks. The team makes sure to enable and accelerate secure digital transformations for all of their clients to make sure they get the best of the best. And I am so excited because my dear friend, April Sather, who is the founder and CEO of Illuminar Consulting, is in the studio with us to talk about her firm. April, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you, Rick, for that great introduction. You know, what's really been exciting to me over the last few years is to see this convergence between digital transformation and cybersecurity. You know, they rarely occupied the same sentence until recently. Right, and cybersecurity is, uh, it's in the zeitgeist now. I mean, you can't, you can't get away from it with all that's going on in the news and, and cyber threats, but you also work in cyber governance, and we're gonna talk about all that, ladies and gentlemen, here uh, in just a minute. But I'm wondering if you might recall an interesting Interesting story, something that you can share with our audience to help us understand you as an entrepreneur and business person. Do you have something? Well, I'd like to share kind of a mix of stories that everything that brought me here today. You know, I, I've spent a number of years leading lean transformations and post-merger integrations. So very complicated um, kind of transactions and a lot of people change and a lot of technology change, everything kind of coming together. And one of the things that I realized is that companies are struggling with a lot of the very same fundamental issues. Uh, one is the legacy system issue and uh, legacy systems mixed in with uh, a hybrid and a, a big assortment, if you will, of systems accumulated over years. And so when they're ready to embark on this digital transformation, they're really slowed down by those um, that kind of weight. Uh, and the second uh, experience I had um, primarily in healthcare and financial services was this reluctance, this real fear of what happens if, what happens if we have a cybersecurity incident, what happens if we aren't protecting data properly. Mm -hmm. These are very legitimate concerns, but they really can slow down innovation. And when you have a super complex ecosystem, it's that much harder to have the confidence to really um, secure it. So I think that's uh, one of the things that led me to create this organization is I've kind of been in the trenches, if you will, mm -hmm. and I know how to put together kind of action plans to make sure these things don't become impediments and, uh, you know, to really compete, you need to be out there and innovating and not let uh, the legacy systems hold you back. And April, I know you have deep experience with large organizations helping this transformation, whether it be lean or process improvement, but it, it, this isn't just the domain of large companies. I mean, you don't have to be that big of an enterprise. A lot of the people that listen to our show are small and middle market CEOs and business owners. They have the same risks and cybersecurity and compliance and governance that the, their larger brethren have, right? Absolutely. And the the trick there is they don't necessarily have the, the budget and the they resources. Don't. Yes. Uh, and so keeping it simple and, and not uh, really going for every new tool out there because it's 
often about the people and the process, uh, and the tool's not going to fix it. You're just actually making yourself, uh, you know, putting yourself out there at a greater risk. Right, because cyber governance is sort of like any type of governance. It's the people and how well you execute against your governance plan that really determines how well protected you are. That's my experience, at least. Do you agree? I completely agree. And with um, changing legislation and changing regulation in California, in particular around uh, data privacy, everyone's going to be held to the same standard, whether you're mid-market, small, large. We all have to kind of come together at this and make it something that's sustainable and achievable for companies of all sizes. So you're a successful entrepreneur, a female entrepreneur in the technology space, kind of a unicorn in that sense, I would think, right? I mean, you're, you, it's not exclusively a male field, but technology can be. Sometimes we just had a, an executive from Cox talking about how that is the case in her technology-based company. But I'm wondering, what is your firm's most successful area? Where are you focused to help clients? And, and who, are you, who are you servicing today with your expertise? I'd say um, my clients fall into two camps. Uh, it's the proactive team and the reactive. Okay. So I'd like to start with the proactive category because those are, of course, uh, the, the best situations. When um, you're kicking off a digital transformation, you want to design security and privacy in right away at the beginning, uh, and you're going through the process in a very methodical way. Uh, then we have the reactive category. So you might have had a really tough audit and some findings that you need to remediate right away from a security perspective. Uh, you might have had a data breach or an incident. Uh, you might have a situation where you need to rapidly train your staff and, and provide that cybersecurity awareness and at the same time um, rebuild trust with your client base. So those are the two kind of camps uh, and they can be really, um, it just depends on what's going on out there. Well, there's a common saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And as I hear talk proactive and reactive, I'd have to believe from a cybersecurity perspective, that might be your experience as well. It, you, preventing it is easier than remediating the problem. And less expensive, far oh. less expensive. And on the expense note, I, I just wanted to make sure to bring up the uh, topic of cyber insurance, cybersecurity insurance, and how a number of companies are making this investment and feeling I believe, a sense of false confidence. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you read the fine print, and there are a number of situations out there where you're really not going to be receiving anywhere near what you, you thought you were um, protecting yourself. So against. people buy the insurance to figure I'm protected, and then they find out there are holes in the policy. Certainly. And in some cases, that protection also leads to, well, let's not invest too much. We've already we've got this great policy. Right. So, yeah, we'll yeah. pay for it with their money if we have a problem. But what you're saying is the policy doesn't really cover the problem. Unless you're following your policies to the letter and your procedures. Oh. And I think many companies, the leadership feels that's happening. And then you go down and say, well, when was the last patch? <laughs> oh, uh, it's very hard. It's much harder to execute it than it is to write those policies. So, so it's what we said earlier. You know, the cybersecurity and good governance in the IT space, it really comes down to the people. And are they living and doing what they're supposed to be living and doing? And that they understand why. And, and it's really, it's one thing to tell people to do something, and it's whether it's fitness or financial, we all know what we need to do. It's right. a question of are we really going to do it. Yeah. Knowing is not enough, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Knowing does not lead to doing, right? All right. And that's why you started your firm. Yes, to help. So I wonder if you could... Uh, tell us about what makes your firm, Illuminar Consulting, unique. What, why do prospects and clients choose to do business with you, April? 
several reasons. Uh, one, I wanted to emphasize uh, at this stage, uh, we are product agnostic, and that is very unique out there. A lot of um, our competitors are aligned to certain platforms and products, and you know, you there's pros and cons to both, uh, but I feel I very much uh, like to say Illuminar brings an objective, client-centric view, uh, looking at all the vendors, uh, weighing the pros and cons, and letting uh, the clients decide what makes the most sense with our recommendations, of course. Uh, also, at this stage in our growth, I personally am part of every engagement, and uh, that is, I, you know, I take that very seriously. I would consider myself as a um, partner-level resource with uh, lots of experience and experience in a breadth of areas. I have um, worked in eight organizations. I've started two companies. I lived in 20 cities and four countries. So I really bring <laughs> quite a bit of experience. And, and the more I'm out there, the more I'm seeing people are really struggling with the same things. Okay. So you said 20 cities and four countries? And now you're here in Orange County, Southern Indeed. California. And how does Orange County compare to some of the other places that you've lived in your Among life? Among the very best, if go. not the very okay. best. Okay. All right. Well, maybe over time you'll come to realize <laughs> it is, in fact, the best place to live, April Sather. You know, one of the things you said is you're, you're product and technology agnostic. And, and I, I could see that as an advantage. But why, as a business, as an entrepreneur, did you decide that's the right choice for your company rather than aligning with a specific brand or product? Uh, and right now, this is kind of the direction I, I wanted to go because as a past CISO in an insurance organization, I just remember being deluged with vendors from the product side and even advisors who later I'd find out, oh, well, actually, they're just pushing this product. Oh, boy. And then I, I felt that, you know, you know, what is this really about? And then I had to do my own extra research. And at this particular stage in the cybersecurity product market, when there are just so many products out are there, there, are there, there are a lot. And okay. then you'll see more sophisticated sectors, say the GRC space, and it's really changing rapidly. So a lot of the players are disappearing. So GRC means governance, risk management, compliance. Thank you. You read my uh, mind. So no acronyms. Must be the look on my face. I would, what the hell is that? But okay. You know, so a lot of times there's the silver bullet. It disappears. And, and making sure you're doing it like the best practices, the best principles, and then the tools follow. But isn't that harder for you as an entrepreneur? Absolutely harder. Okay. So even though it makes more of a challenge for you and the way you construct your organization and the kind of talent that you need, because you believe it's in the best interest of your clients, you've chosen this model. At this stage, yes. Okay. And you keep saying at this stage. Why do you say that at this stage? Whether this is sustainable. If it uh, really evolves that greater than 50% of the clients are all in Office 365, for example. Okay. So really focusing on that suite okay. and becoming um, the, an expert there and bringing that level of service, perhaps that might make sense at one time. Right. Um, with the outsourcing of IT in general, a major, major trend, yes. and one of the things Luminar isn't in the business is, of is the day-to-day -day operational outsourcing. So license management, user support, that type of thing. And, and we're more on the strategic side. Right. And so I have some great relationships of uh, firms that we recommend uh, to our clients for that type of service. Sure. But I think it's great to separate those two. And a lot of the outsourced service providers are uh, very closely aligned to vendors and, and have that relationship that as well. That makes sense. So, April, you said another acronym that I need you to come back and explain. CISO? Oh, Chief Information Security Officer. Okay. So that is a thing. 
It is a thing. It's a thing that mid-market organizations rarely have. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And sometimes you'll find it married with other titles. So you can be the vice president of technology and the CISO, or you can be in the risk management group and service CISO. Okay. I'm seeing some very uh, original places for that role. Uh Uh, But at the end of the day, interim and fractional CISOs, another service of Illuminar Consulting, is uh, an option. So if you want that level of leadership, but you don't want to bring that on full time, there are people, myself included, who are uh, able to fill that role. Right. Because, and again, coming back to security, it's the type of thing you don't think about unless somebody you know gets hit or you get hit. And then to our earlier point about the reactive and the proactive, that's not the ideal time to be dealing with these breaches that you have or the holes that you had in your organization technically that you didn't know. Absolutely. And so being able to bring that service in on a fractional basis is really an economical way for companies that the type that listen to this radio show to, to consider. So this isn't a concept that's only for the big banks and insurance companies. This is now available, thanks to entrepreneurs like you, to small and mid-market companies, right? Yes, and it's an area that I'm really focusing on growing. Okay. Uh, and as well as the CIO as a service. And I just wanted to say a few words about what governance looks like, because I think the word governance gets a very bad reputation, and, and it's earned that over the years. Okay. Uh, as, as the box checking, as overhead, as going, you know, what are we really getting from this? Right. Uh, but I have a thought leader. Um, it's, his name is John Thorpe, and he came up with four very simple points to help people get a handle on what governance really should be. Okay. It's our are we doing the right things? Are we doing them the right way? Are we getting them done well? And are we getting the benefits? It's all around value. You know, this isn't a technology for technology's sake. It is all about the value to the business and to the consumers. Because, thank you for that. And we're going to come back in that in a second. But, you know, a lot of times CEOs of middle market companies, they're challenged to look at the real ROI of the investment they make in technology. And I've heard some of them express a concern that even their te- technical people are sort of wanting to have the latest and the greatest, and they use the buzzwords to convince them that they need it, and they're always a little suspicious. And But, but in this sense of having an outside service, I would think this is where a fractional CIO might be very valuable to be able to come in and share sort of best practices of companies that are similar to in size and scope to the company and help the CEO feel good that they're making not only a best case decision, but also one that's prudent given their size and scale. Yes, because technology costs can spiral out of control so quickly. And and it's much easier to buy something than to retire it. Right. What what do you mean by that? Uh, Well, so when you keep adding to your application portfolio and people end up with sometimes over 100 um, applications in smaller companies than you'd ever imagine, you end up with data spread everywhere. You end up with licenses you're not using, you're paying for. You end up with kind of things disjointed and not really able to control it anymore. Right. It's chaos is really what you end up with. Is that a part of governance? Yes, absolutely. In what way? Without governance, that happens. So you'll have someone (laughs) in one department saying, I need this. In another department, no one's talking to each other. And you might have you might double buy, or you might be buying things that are completely um, not going to integrate with uh, one another. And the integration is a very expensive piece of technology right now. It's getting everything to talk to each other. Right. And, and um, again, with you being agnostic, that's one of the challenges and the opportunities of working with someone like you and your company. You have the ability to sort of understand how to maybe bring these disparate systems together and what the latest technology is to kind of bridge the gaps that they have inherently in their systems, right? And and to bring people along for the change, because it's really 
people use the systems and people are attached to their systems and finding out what can we all agree on there's a lot of kind of facilitation and consensus building that goes on across lines of business far out beyond the IT department itself. It's around the business, and the business is trying to drive transformation for a reason. And sometimes one line of business and another, they're trying to do the opposite thing. And uh, for no fault of their own, it's just getting everyone to talk to each other and to agree on a plan. Well, I, I know you well, and I, you're a friend of mine, and I understand your business because you and I have been talking about it for some time. But I am really marveling at how much you keep bringing it back to the people. You really made the impression on me today here on the radio show that the systems are one thing, but it's the people that is equally or more important in how governance and security really roll out for companies of all sizes. Absolutely. And so that must be, you know, in working with you, I have to imagine the CEOs of the middle market companies, they too get this oppression and understanding, which probably they can carry forward with them into the future and how they approach these decisions, right? And it all comes back to the return on investment and the value and what are you really, are you delighting the customer on their journey? And the customer is not paying for all of this. They they want just the experience and the outcome. Right. And so to make things simple and really transparent is, is the idea. And really the CFO needs to be a big part of the discussion as well. Yes. Because they are also attending a lot of exciting conferences out there and coming back with some great ideas. And sometimes um, the executives bring back to IT, this is what we're doing, here we, here we go. And then mm. they haven't maybe had a chance to talk to operations or marketing. And it is very um, interesting just to hear everyone's perspectives on what's most important. We're, <clears throat> we're talking with April Sather. She is the founder and CEO of Illuminar Consulting. Interesting conversation. I wonder if you could help us maybe, in layman's terms, what is technology governance. We've talked around it, but I wonder I want to give you a chance to from your perspective in layman's terms again. What is it? Why does it matter? And what does it look like when you work with a client and successfully? Well, those four questions, those really speak to technology governance, but I have created a list of six questions for a leader to ask themselves and if you're able to say yes, you have technology governance. So here they are. Okay. And number 1, I am clear on the most important digital capabilities that my firm has to have to be competitive today. Number two, I know the most important capabilities in the next one to two years, and I have a plan to deliver those. Third, there's an alignment between business and technology strategies, and resources are prioritized accordingly. Number four, I can list our top technology-related risks and how we are managing each one. Five, I know where all of our data is and have assurance that it's adequately protected. And finally, I review our IT vendor performance annually, and I'm confident we're getting great value for our investment and that the outcomes are being delivered per contract and uh, exceeding our expectations. So, so these six questions are questions that you would expect a CEO of a middle market company to be able to answer affirmatively. Correct. And they come based on your years of experience working in larger firms, seeing where they had their focus and where they deployed their resources, right? If you can answer these six, there are certainly more. Right. But these are the basics. Right. These are really, uh, they come down to that sense of governance, control, but also value. And so aligning business and technology, that's really what all the, the governance is all about. Is this something that you do as a fractional CIO when when your company is being contracted by a small mid-market company? Are these the kind of conversations, you, the education you want them to have, not only 
putting the systems in place, but also helping them from a conceptual perspective? Absolutely. It's more of a management consulting service than I would say a pure play technology consulting service. Right. It, it's bringing it all together. Right. And, and once they can answer these questions confidently, then I would expect they can almost look a little deeper inside their organization in specific areas, right? This is sort of where you start. Yes. Okay. And so if someone wants to get those six questions, do you make them available to people? Are they? Could they be available to people they if they're be, interested? They could be, absolutely. Okay. Right, Email me. Yeah, because I think these are, and we're going to get to that in a minute, ladies and gentlemen, here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Matter of fact, we're going to do that pretty soon. As I look at the clock, we're, we're, just, we're just running out of time, April. Who knew that the show was going to be ending so soon? Um, I had more questions for her, ladies and gentlemen, than I had a chance to ask her. So shame on me. April, sometime will you come back? Absolutely. I have I prepared for the rest of those questions. Right. And so I, <laughs> I hate to leave them for waste, but, you know, time is money and we uh, are going to be out of time. So if someone would like to learn more about your firm, how do they find you online, April? Illuminarconsulting.com. And you need to spell that. I'm sorry. I Double L U M for Mary I N for Nancy A R Consulting dot com, and you are also welcome to phone me directly at nine four nine three two four zero one four three, or look me up on LinkedIn, April Sather. How do you spell Sather? S for Sam A T H E R. Well, th- this has been fun for me. I've enjoyed talking with you about your business and learning from you in this conversation. Thank you for being a friend of the program and a part of the Critical Mass community. Thank you, Rick. It's been great. All right. We're going to shake hands here. You can see us on video. So not only do we stream this live on octalkradio.net, but it's also out on YouTube in the video. And so you may want to tell your friends and share that. I'd also like to thank our engineer for today, none other than Mr. Paul Roberts, and our producers without whom we could not do this show, Joan Park. Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me, I'd say let's start with LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 